and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street, a monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can also rate and review us on Apple iTunes. It was a wild ass time. I wish we watched it before his house because I couldn't stop comparing even after I knew it wasn't the house's fault. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was so scared I didn't make notes. So <laughs> I did this. Like I, I will, I would say his house is a better overall film because it, I think it weaved in more themes and more ideas. This was legitimately scarier to me. Like I was terrified. I I feel like his house was scarier just because so much weird shit was happening in that house that I couldn't get settled. Whereas this feels. I don't want to take anything away from it, but it also feels very familiar because we've done how many Amityvilles? We've done how many Haunted House movies where it's like, we all move in, we don't want to move out, get the people involved. But this was not, this was not just a haunted house. This demon had latched on to that person. Because remember, they told them wherever they went, because they were like, we're going to leave, we out, bye. And they're like, no, I mean, you can, but good luck. But we had to find that out. At first it was like, this is your house, get out. And they didn't. They were like, let us stay, even though our daughters are terrified and being attacked by things we can't see. And then like once the people were involved, then it was like, it's actually a following you now. And we don't know where they picked it up. Like they picked it up in the house, which is what it sounds like or what. But mm, I did take notes. (laughs) So let us rewind to the very beginning where we see Annabelle, who I thought would be key in this movie. Um, she was not. She well, was because, you, I mean, so are you aware that the um, Lorraine and whatever her husband's name is, uh, Patrick Stewart's sexy ass, they're real people. Ed. Like they, that, yeah, this they're is real a, people. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And so is Anna. And actually, in real life, Annabelle, this is makes it even creepier to me. On the museum. Is a raggedy. Yeah, no, it's a Raggedy Ann doll. I didn't know it was a Raggedy Ann doll. You can find pictures of it online. Hold on. I'm going to search it real quick. But anyways, yes, you're right. She pulled, she's in the beginning of this. Yeah. I think that's because uh, they knew, they thought, they wanted this to become a, a, a universe. And they have since created this universe. Um, but yeah. It was just wild. This is the like, real all I knew about this franchise was this doll is haunted. I can't see that. I can kind of see it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, so I was tripped because I was told this was a movie about a doll. And I was like, oh, like Chucky, I got this. And it was not. It was, let's get into these houses and see some things happen. Um, what bothered me from the people who had the doll, who we didn't see again, really, uh, is that they invited her to inhabit the doll to live with them because they're nurses and they care. What is that shit? What is that? I shit? mean, truly, I, I mean, I will say that like they thought they did not think it was a demon. They thought it was a harmless ghost. Um, Don't invite anybody. I, mean, I know. Don't invite anybody. <laughs> How about we do that? <laughs> 
Right. Well, this is also, I'm pretty sure that was in, that scene was in the 60s when they were still fucking leaving their doors open at night. You left your door open to the spirit world, though. This is different. I mean, true, true. But they were, I'm just saying everyone was making careless decisions. Hmm. Um, but yeah, then we go, then we meet, uh, then we flash forward. Oh, an interesting little plot point. If you look in, the, when it, so when it goes to um, Lorraine and her husband giving the speech in the college, mm-hmm. in the audience, one of them is the real Lorraine. She worked on this film. Yeah, like she and was alive until recently. Yeah. I also didn't know this was going to be based on a true story until I heard their names. I was like, those names sound familiar. Why is that? And then Wikipedia is like, real people. It's not lying to you. This is real. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> right. I'm glad that we have Cabin in the Woods after this because I'm going to need something to help. <laughs> I'm going to need that, some bourbon, and some bourbon's friends. Um... <laughs> There's a reason I have not watched this movie in years because it literally, from beginning, well, not from beginning, from like 20 minutes in to the end terrifies me. The clap, no ma'am. I've never played that game again in my life. I've never played it once. I'm not playing it ever. Never. When they rolled in with five kids, because you know how I feel about kids in horror movies. So I was like, you're going to roll in with five kids. I don't need to be here. And I wish I'd known that. I would have picked a different movie. Oh. <laughs> I was like, we're on now. Only movies with one kid or less. One or less. I just... This movie, and there are five girls too, which is which is uh, an interesting thing to state. And they and like that, this it shows you at the end of the film when the credits right when the credits start, it shows you a picture of the real life family, and it is five girls. Um, yeah. And then it shows you that yeah. the Warrens and their child. Yeah, um, I also want to know why they stayed in that house when they found that basement full of stuff. Cause a basement full of stuff means someone left in a hurry. Uh, true, boarded, boarded up too, boarded up. If there's boards, there's a story and I don't want it. That's where storyboard comes from. I'm going to claim that right. <laughs> Storyboards come from people moving in these old ass houses, seeing boarded up shit and pulling it down and getting stories. Like the one we saw today. But, you know, but also, also, while yes, spirits terrify me. The idea of finding something like in your home that's been like hidden is so interesting to me. I would do it. I would find it and then move out. But I would love to find it. <laughs> I would find it and just leave. I wouldn't even pack my own stuff. It would be accumulating with everybody else's that I just found. I would be like, oh, these aren't my Pringles. Good night. <laughs> I would be gone. I, oh my God. I'm still like, so I just finished this like at eight o'clock. So it was like 7.59. And I, so I am still kind of coming off of this. How will I, because the, woo. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I I also want to know what Lorraine saw because her husband did not want to ask her and she didn't leave her room. She didn't eat. She didn't sleep for eight days. And she had seen oh, uh, so then. She'd seen a lot of things. So what has she seen? 
Um, the sequels play with that. The sequels show you. I won't be watching those, so this is dark sided, but it's good to know that we get answers eventually. <laughs> and you get in, you get uh, answers into uh, the fathers. Like anyway, they're all tied together. Annabelle, Conjuring, Conjuring Two, um, whatever. Yeah, they're all tied together. There's another one coming out next year. Yeah. The nun? No, the nun's already out. Yeah. Um, and but um, I will say, this film is this and the sequel, Conjuring Two, is also really good. They're the best two of this franchise, in my opinion. Annabelle is not terrible, but those two are equally terrifying. The sequel takes place in England on on another family who's haunted by yeah. demons terrifying i mean that tracks i feel like oftentimes people plan for the first sequel like halloween mm -hmm. um and after that they're just making it up and it shows <laughs> like i can't think of any good aside from scream i can't think of any good third sequels of horror movies that i was like yes i still and even scream's third one was sloppy like let's be honest we can like it but it ain't the best oh for sure um yeah, I can't think of any. I mean, not horror anyway, for sure. Because yeah. I mean, I, I would argue that. Well, we're not going there because it's beside the point. But our viewers, do you have a third <laughs> horror movie in a franchise that is good? Because it ain't Halloween. It, it ain't Friday the Thirteenth. I no, I like Dream Warriors. It's not as good, but I do enjoy it. I think it's fun. I just, I've yet to see one where it's like, we needed this third one. I feel like the third one in Nightmare was needed because it brought us back to where we were in the first one. They, they had that offset in the sequel that people didn't care for. Um, even though I don't hate the sequel either. The first, uh, anyway. I, I have cert, I have issues with all three of the first three Nightmare movies, so they're all pretty much even-ish with me. It's after that third one that I'm like, why are you still here? <laughs> I feel like the first one still pretty much holds up. I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it gets campier every day. <laughs> um, but my feelings. Right? It gets camp every day, and Nancy, how do you deal with a problem like Nancy? However, Nancy. however, I felt like the second one, it was very 80s, but that's of the time. And then after that, I was like, oh, so we're just coming back because money. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, that, that is, I will say that is fair. The third one did feel, anyways, we're off on Nightmare on Home Street tangent. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will say I did enjoy the third one, even though I, I get what you're saying. And it, it, yeah, that does track. Awesome. Um, um, my next note, these bruises. These, uh, if you are being beat up by a presence in your home, <laughs> you have to right. see. Okay. Like, I understand the first night because they had sex and like, she's like, what'd you do to me? And like, sometimes that happens, <laughs> you know, or, or sometimes. But because she was there, like, you oh have an idea of where the bruises should be. And she seemed surprised by that. True. I mean, I will say sometimes I will like find like a scratch or something on me. I'm like, where did that, what happened with that? So like I, the first time, 
Yeah. Okay. Maybe you stubbed your toe. As someone accident prone, I, I do find bruises and I go, oh yeah, I did bump into whatever yesterday and it was that height. That makes sense. But I've never found like random ass bruises all over the place. And I was like, oh, it must be iron deficiency because I can't be bothered to look around and read the room. My girls are having nightmares and saying people are watching them and things are jumping off of them. They can't be connected. Right. <laughs> Can we... So... The, I don't know where this is on your notes, but the scene that brought the, the, like elevated this film from like, okay, this is kind of scary, whatever. He, she, the, the little girl's getting her foot pulled. Like, oh, that's kind of scary. Oh, that's scary that she sees him in the corner. Okay, and the door shuts. But that scene where it's late at night and the mo- they're home alone. The dad's not there for some reason. I think he's at work. Um, and the mom hears the clapping. And gets locked in the basement. And then the girl sees the witch on the top of the... Because you think that that scene where you see the witch is so good. Because you think it's going to be in the closet. No, Like, and she hissed at her and leaped at her. And I was like, it's Carol Baskins. And I almost, <laughs> I almost fell off the couch. <laughs> I was like, this movie is dark. <laughs> Funny story, Carol Baskin. You can get a cameo from Carol Baskin, too. Oh, right. uh, yeah. <laughs> Carol Baskin. That's what they've done. <laughs> they've gone too far. Oh. That, but that whole section from the ma, and, and like you hear the clapping. Oh, and the, oh, when she's in the basement, she, and the voice says, Do you want to play uh, two claps and hide or whatever? And then you see the hands. I was like, Oh my God. Right by her. I would have died right there. I don't know how she survived that. I would have been like, that's my heart. It's fine. It's my time. I oh, Charlie's here. Yeah. Charlie. Let's, let's throw Charlie on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Zoom. What's your first point, Charlie One? <laughs> oh, but yeah, that whole section just... Make these oh my god. Oh my god, yes, yes, yes. I love it. <laughs> yes. Happy Halloween. Hello, happy Halloween. <laughs> this is the only time I've worn a costume today. Oh I I was in one until like three hours ago, and then I was like, I'm gonna put this hoodie on. And you uh, got that winning, winning. That's Quincy. <laughs> Hello, Quincy. Hi, Quincy. You got any thoughts, Quincy? Quincy's like, no, I want. No, he was sleeping. Uh, that's fair. He, he thinks that's candy. He's like, can I have that, please? Oh, <laughs> my. Is that catnip? Um, but as you know, we're talking about the Conjuring. If you want to throw out some of your cool. points. Yeah. Everyone on the internet world, this is Charlie. <laughs> oh, yeah. You've been on an episode yet <laughs> to their yeah, next Monday. That's <laughs> time travel. Um, <laughs> yeah. episode is next Monday. You're going to love the picture we were sent to put with it. Um. <laughs> that was uh, the p- picture I sent you was last year's award winning Halloween costume. Oh, nice. This will be my first year in, in three years not winning a Halloween costume contest. 
I mean, if they vote for you, you just might. I would say put it in there. No one's put it in anything yet. It's just me, and I can't win because I'm going to be on the first episode anyways. Wait, so you just put it on that thread in the event page. I'll tag you. I will tag you when we're done with this before I start a cabin in the woods. Does it count? Does it count if the the costume I'm wearing is one that I've worn before? You don't know that. Stop giving away secrets, Charlie. Oh, then I haven't worn it before. No, it's brand new. It is. <laughs> so the Conjuring. Yes, I just finished it. Um, Still terrifies me. I've seen it before, but I I had to rewatch it. So I I got my AMC seven day free trial. So did I. I, I remember that I had it on Blu-ray, so I was good. You know what, AMC? By this time, we can do without commercials. But if I'm paying for your shit, yes, we I, not I was insulted because the commercials kept falling when they didn't need to be there. Because you'd be like, "Oh God, no! Are we gonna die?" Nosferatu on Sundays. And I, was like, <laughs> I don't care about Nosferatu. I want to know what happened with this Carol Baskin character on this cabinet. <laughs> Especially since most of the commercials were for Shutter, like I was like, I already have Shutter. Like, why? Why are you showing me commercials for Shutter? I've got that. It was a choice to be like, hey, you like what we're doing? Here's somebody that does it better, and there's no commercials. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, we're talking about the se- the section when um, the mom uh, or Lily Taylor, that's her last name. Anyways, yes. is being. Um, She's been kept up in the basement and and then we see mm-hmm. Carol Baskin on top of the cabinet. That's, that's who we're calling the witch now. She's Carol Baskin. She hissed at her. That and- was actually, Carol Baskin was actually the inspiration for that character. <laughs> I knew it. We were all looking at Anna, but I wish I'd been looking at Carol. <laughs> <laughs> but that scene oh my God, and the dad is not there, then he finally shows up, and like everyone is screaming at the same time. Because they didn't take it serious, like all horror movies. They were like, weird things are happening, and our kids are being attacked, but that's just the suburbs. (laughs) So, oh, you know what? Hold on, I have to come back in a second. My pizza is That's fair. I would also leave me for a pizza. But, but I want to go back because I I do think it was very effective when the kid who kept getting her foot pulled finally woke up and was like, Nancy, Nancy, it's behind the door because we can't see shit, but she can see it and she's selling it. And Nancy's like, I'm going to walk over here because I don't believe you, even though weird shit's been happening. Right. And that was very effective and very practical and that they gave us nothing but a door slamming and some screams. Shall, shall we give a moment of grief? R.I.P. The only death in this film, the dog. I want- that dog said, I ain't going. Here's the thing. If you go into a new house and your dog will not go into that house, do not go into it. Because no. it's not even like hesitant. It is like he tries to lift it up. And he's like, I am not. It, it, it's like Effie White in Dreamgirls. <laughs> dog knew and these people were like no we're going to this haunted house because it's a fixer-upper and I don't understand that logic ever ever because what happened is they went in and they picked up some ghost friends right yeah we're, <laughs> we're, we're grieving for the only death in this film which is the dog so just coming back into the conversation yes uh I actually 
this is about the scene, but just a note in general, because I just finished it. So this is what's going through my head. I kind of believe pretty much every decision and every aspect of this movie made by anything that's influenced directly by the character's decisions. This is a rarity for me. Um, I think this movie succeeds as much as it does primarily due to the performances. And I will say specifically Lily Taylor. I think she kills it in this movie. Like every aspect of this movie, as I'm watching it, I think to myself, that could be a B movie moment. That could be a B movie moment. That could be a B movie movie moment. But Lily Taylor is doing this like it's fucking like streetcar named Desire on Broadway. (laughs) But in like every role, like I've seen her do some questionable content, but she's like, no, I'm a professional and I could win an Oscar for anything if I try hard enough. And I was like, it's, it's a Catherine Zeta-Jones movie. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. And she's like, no. But she's great in it. I mean, <laughs> Vera Farm- the whole cast is great, but I mean, like, and Vera Farmiga is phenomenal. Uh, Patrick uh, Patrick uh, Wilson is always good, but she just outshines all of them, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, she was the star. And Vera was like, hi, I'm normally the star of my own shit, if you don't mind. And, <laughs> Patrick, and Patrick Wilson is just my husband, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is like... This is this is I think his his like third or fourth James Wan collaboration because they've got Insidious, this Aquaman, and then I guess if you count the sequels too. Mm-hmm. Wait, Aquaman? That's a James Wan movie. The guy who directed The Conjuring. Yeah, I believed in him for all of this time, meaning all of his albums. He's a very hit or miss director for me, but um, he did Aquaman. Look. <laughs> I didn't hate Aquaman, but it's not that good. I don't know. Anyway. I think he's good at horror. I mean, he's proven he's good at horror. I like Insidious. I don't love Insidious. I actually haven't seen anything past two, and I don't really remember two. Uh, I think James Wan is sort of a person that he, I don't know. I think his movies are very well crafted. Like, I think the cinematography in this movie is great. I think the sound design in this movie is great. Um, But like Insidious is good, not great. You know, Conjuring, I think is great. Uh, Aquaman is good, not great. I mean, even some would say not even good, but it's like he kind of makes competent movies and then it depends on the rest of the, like the performances, I think, and the screenplay, like the writing to how good it is. Cause I mean, The Conjuring has a fantastic screenplay. Yeah. Well, and, and like the moment, even on my rewatch tonight that I was like, oh my God, that's so... It is super early, so it's not like super scary, but you know something is off. When the little girl finds the music box thing, and like as she plays it, the and the music stops, it just gets darker. It just mm-hmm. it, it slowly fades to something that's not right. And I was like, oh, that I like that a lot. Yeah. Those scenes, like even when like their actual daughter, not the Oh my God, I forgot Vera and Patrick's character names. Ed and Lorraine. Yes, Ed and Lorraine's daughter in the house with the grandma who's unconscious as hell. And like, he's running from the darkness. And I was like, I, this is my fear. This is why I can't just have lights randomly go off. Um, <laughs> I can't have a clap on, clap off situation because I'll accidentally do these. And I'll be like, I have to leave, it's haunted. <laughs> and, <so laughs> See, and I... In terms of this movie and like, especially with, I think, haunted house movies, a lot of what you get are like weird inconsistent plot holes or just contrivances that really kind of like are too, 
they're not you can forgive them but they're a little too blunt to to just ignore um i think this movie covers it pretty well like the you know they talk about how they can't leave because all of their money's in this house they have no money left he's a trucker who's barely you know working at all um and i will give it to james wan in terms of this movie building dread i think that's something it's very good at because yeah you're saying weird shit starts happening i try and like think of what I would do in these things with this with an unbiased I haven't seen a thousand horror movies point of view and the stuff that happens to them is weird but it's not at least especially when all your money's tied into a house like let's get the fuck out of here weird yet like until until that point it's too late at that point it's too late yeah until that scene where she gets locked in the basement and the girl gets attacked in her room that is when it escalates (laughs) um and, but but in their defense, after that scene is when um, Karen, what's Lily Taylor's character's name? Carolyn. Carolyn. When she goes to um, the uh, Lorraine and Ed to get them to come to the house. That is directly after that scene. Right. I appreciated that because so often we see those kinds of things happen in these movies and they're just like, it's fine. Whatever jumped off of that at you is more afraid of you than you are of it. And it's like, get ration away horror, ma. We gotta go. Or they, or they gaslight you and be like, that, what, you're just crazy. Why, why, why would you say that? You these know? bruises on my face, iron deficiency. <laughs> and I was like, come on. So, Trey, let me ask you, uh, I have two questions. One, because this is your first time seeing this movie, right? Yes. Okay, so one of my questions is how you think this compares to like what I would say the general average quality of haunted house movies, which I think, and then same question to possession, because those are, I think, two of the easiest genres to get really just like lazy and just schlocky. And yes. I think this movie does both of them so <laughs> Lily Taylor's a VIP um I feel like I feel like this is somewhere in the top for both of those for me and I was telling Trent before you got into this zoom I wish we'd watched this before his house because his house just did kind of I don't want to ruin it for you because it's on Netflix and you're going to watch it so we can talk about it but his house his house okay from the title you know things are going to happen in the house and and i feel like i feel like i wish that i've seen this before because now i'm trying to like compare the two another two completely different situations two completely different movies but i just saw like the whole haunted house almost feel situation just get revamped like three hours ago and so i'm like ah but i i still think that this is definitely somewhere in the top it's in the top. I, I don't know if I would say top 10 or top 20 because it's new. And so I have to like right. give it a day and then call yeah. it back to see if we're really going to hang out. Um, <laughs> but I think we're going to, I think we're going to hang out for a while. Yeah. Cool. That's, yeah, I, I think would that's, say, yeah. skip, skipping to the end just a little bit, we, we'll go back, of course, but like, because you brought up the exorcist, exorcism part. When they're performing the exorcism at the end, it is one a very good payoff because they have built stress throughout this entire film and now you're getting all of this like catharsis um and but two also terrifying and whoever uh did the special effects on lily taylor's face when because when she when that uh sheet or whatever gets torn and you only see half of it that is not her face 
or if it is, it is heavily makeup, and it was it's the uh, it's the yeah. witch character, right? It is terrifying. And then later on, when he caught when he when Ed calls out the name um, of the demon, and it turns, and it's like the demonic face. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. What <sighs> is the guy who was looking for the last kid? Like in all the wrong rooms finds her under a floorboard and then yells out to everybody and all the demons and ghosts, she's under the floor in the kitchen! So they can all come for her. And watching the mother pick up the sharp object, I think her scissors, and like crawl through that shit, I was like, she's on the same level as Hereditary's Tony Collette, and I don't like it. I don't like when moms are possessed and moving quickly. We need to slow them down and unpossess them. Well, and I think with possession, like, God, this just gets proven more and more. And this is why I like that horror has been getting, has been going through a renaissance for the past, I even will say 10 years, but um, is it's so easy for that special, you can get like possession movies where the special effects or the makeup are that good, where they definitely meet that standard. Cause I feel like you have a lot of very, very, very talented makeup artists working on very low budget movies. Mm. Um, but a lot of those actors seem to rely primarily on the makeup to get any sort of like, you know, uh, terror or dread across. And it's, it's this, I think coming from theater, it's this very interesting acting dynamic where, especially in film where you, it's hard enough to just act through your eyes and get that fear and terror out through your eyes without overexpressing. but it's all, it's 10 times harder to do that through that makeup and not have it be just the makeup, if you know what I mean. And Lily Taylor, uh, I mean, I'd say Linda Blair as a kid, but, um, and my other one would be Eva Green from uh, Penny Dreadful. She has a few possession scenes in that show. And like, I think the actor makes the possession. Yes. Yes, yes. Yeah, I would, I would, yes. I would include, um, I can't think of the actress's name, but um, the exorcism of Emily Rose. I've is that never. Actress, oh, wait, no. Yes. Her name. She's from Dexter too. Yeah, I, I, I've never finished that movie. Oh, it scares me. But we don't have to do that. But <laughs> any kind of demo- any kind of demonic possession spirit thing. Oh, it, I don't know why, but it's, it scares the shit out of me. My thing about exorcisms, which is why I sort of left that genre for a hot minute, is because it always comes back to the young girl all of a sudden has an attitude and is calling people out. She must be possessed. And then she is. And so like, I, I don't like that narrative, which is why I'm kind of here for like Metamorphosis, which is on Shudder. And I, I kind of like that because we got away from that for a moment. And I was like, ooh, what if it's not just the upset team? <laughs> so, yeah. We'll say, uh, and we can get back to the conjuring after this. I oh, yeah. this just comes to mind. Like, uh, that's what we're supposed to be talking about. Um, despite everything that came after it, I think the first season of American Horror Story actually does possession really well, too. It's very, like, it's much more like, I, I don't want to spoil Blind Manor, I guess, at this point. I feel like I'm just going to say something from it. It's much like the way they do it in Blind Manor, uh, where... But anyway, I'm not going to get any further into that. But I think the first season of American Horror Story does possession well, just from like a ghost to human standpoint. It's the best season they ever... Murder House? I stand by Murder House still. Some of the it's not other- called Murder House. It's just American Horror Story. We dubbed it Murder House <laughs> because everything else got a name and it deserved one. <laughs> I just like... 
that and the first half of Coven for me are the only things I've ever enjoyed for American Horror Story. And I <coughs> hated the second half of Coven as much as I hated the rest of American Horror Story until I stopped watching. As much as I love Stevie Nicks, she didn't need her own episode for the penultimate episode. Because at that point, we should be driving through to the end. And instead, it's like, this is a concert I would have enjoyed four weeks ago. (laughs) This would have been fine four weeks ago. Right. I still like American Horror Story, but I get it. Anyway, um, (laughs) The Conjuring, though. The Conjuring. Um, I will say that when... So in the beginning, like the first 20, 30 minutes, maybe are a little slow, maybe a little bit, but it, but it builds up, it, it builds you up though. But once that basement scene hits, it is a, a, a like, like almost vertical line of tension. I will give it that. I, I didn't feel like it was a super slow 20 because it was checking the boxes and introducing us to the characters. And because yeah, there's so much sure, to introduce sure. us to, I, I didn't mind it taking those 20 minutes because it's two families. It's these two people who do this very specific thing and teach these classes or give lectures. That's one of my things in these supernatural horror movies. There's always some college nearby where you can get a degree in like supernatural shit. And I'm like, what? Huh? What building is that in? What college in that? Is it the humanities? Is it, <laughs> is it the sciences? <laughs> right. But I, I did like in the, in the um, lecture scene, at the end for like when the students like, well, so what do we call you? And they're like, well, um, she's clairvoyant and I'm a demonologist, but most people just call us kooks. <laughs> I was like, oh, I mean, that's probably legit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like if you're doing something like that, you're used to it. And you also have to sort of see it as, I would think this was ridiculous if I was not inside of it and knew what was happening. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Um, so, but yeah, once that scene happens and we get out of that and we, and we bring in Lorraine and Ed and we see them sit, everyone is now sleeping in the living room, um, because they're all so terrified. Everything after this point is so scary to me. <laughs> um, I loved when they brought Lorraine in and we had these scenes and we were like, this is fine. She's meeting all the daughters. And then they're like, rewind. She was clocking the ghost attached to each of you in each of these scenes. And when they go back and they're literally playing the same footage they've already shown you, you can see it in Vera's, in the way Vera is performing it. You yeah. can see that she's not really looking at Lily. She is looking past her to yeah. what is behind her. Yeah, that that is fun storytelling. I like I like being deceived in that way where I think something's happened. I'm like, okay, yeah, this scan, you have to do this. And it's like, no, she's getting the real tea. <laughs> she doesn't want to upset it yet. She's trying to figure some shit out. Um, right. And you can see it in her face that she's like, fuck, this shit's nuts, but I can't tell the family this. You know, like, I yeah. can't just tell them, this is hell. <laughs> You're in hell. You're ghost. You gotta, you gotta ease in that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so her performance in that that, that scene was re- both times you see it. So good. So good. I um, just, I want to take a moment to acknowledge that this Carol Baskins vomited blood or Kool-Aid uh-huh. <laughs> into the mom's mouth and that's how she possessed her. 
And I'd rather you just not. I, there's got to be other more sanitary ways than doing that. That's when I was like, oh, this is gross. It's was, not about sanitary. It's the most effective way. There's got to be another way. Like, <laughs> God, I don't, I don't want the vomiting of the dead person's whatever those fluids were. Um, <laughs> it just, it, it's yeah, not a problem. It was, hmm. But then, okay, so Lily Taylor's performance pre-possession and post-possession is so good. So the scene where beforehand we see her, anytime the children scream or have discomfort of any way, she is the first one up and going and running to see what's going on. Um, But then afterwards, the scene where I think it's the oldest daughter um, is getting drugged around the room by her hair, she doesn't even move. She is unbothered. The dad is the one that's chasing her around the room. She's just standing there. I I did laugh a little bit at that scene because I I needed a laugh and it was there. (laughs) (laughs) It was some like intense static at first and then it was not. (laughs) No. Do you have any hot takes, Charlie? You're usually the king of hot takes. I would like some hot takes. I know. I mean, I just finished it again and I'm thinking about it. I really love this movie, like I do. And it's, I think one of the things that, I think this is a really high quality B-horror movie. Like I've mentioned before that it has moments that you're like, oh, that could be a B-horror movie, that could be a B-horror movie. And I think it's more that it is, that's its genre, that's its tone, but done really well. Because there's this, the movie's really retro. I mean, even the tight, the opening title sequence, some of the music choices, like the movie feels retro. It doesn't feel like a rehash of an old story. It feels like a vintage movie. Um, I think for me, my, I have always, and for years before seeing this movie, had said that jump scares were the one of the worst things to ever happen to the genre of horror. Um, and I think James Wan, with Conjuring, less insidious, more Conjuring, kind of proved that jump scares can be effective and well done and not be hokey. Like the whole time in this movie, you know it's coming. You know the clap is coming. You know that there's, you know, the thing in uh, in the closet. Like the music builds it. The, the cinematography builds it the way a million horror movies have done before. But there's something different about this one. So I think, I don't know. I guess it's not really a hot take. I would just say that I think uh, The Conjuring proves that jump scares can be done very very well um and, and i think a i can't lot really of, think of a lot of other movies that i know for their jump scares right and i think i think a lot of the reason why this one is successful in that is that it takes your expectations and shifts them a bit yes there's a jump scare so like when i've already mentioned this for uh, a little while ago but like when the daughter is um going and opening the the wardrobe and you that's when you when she opens the door that's when you think something's gonna pop or she's like going through the the clothes that's when you think something's gonna pop out at her but no it's on top of it and it leaps down on top of her um same thing with with the clap you expect the clap to happen because it's happened twice already but you don't expect the little voice to say do you want to play uh, hide and two claps or whatever that, that game is called and then the ha- and, and you don't expect the hands I expect the sound but I did not expect the hands 
I expected the hands. I just, I was not ready for the how they happened and how close to her they happened. Cause I thought, okay, we're gonna like, no, we're here already, okay. Um, to sort of like get back to these points, I had a conversation earlier today about how I feel like what makes a good horror movie is a horror movie that knows it's lane and stays in it. Because what a lot of horror movies don't tend to understand is that like they are they are reaching for something they cannot be, <laughs> um, which is why you have these slashers who like are serious. And it's like, it's called Buckets of Blood 4, dude, come on. Like, <laughs> it's not art. <laughs> and so I appreciate that this one was like, we know who we are, we know what we're doing, we're gonna keep it simple and still scare the fuck out of you. Um, that's a mission statement I can get behind. And the movie is scary. Like, I'm not a person that scares very easily. And I think that's a cheap way to get someone like me scared is with a jump scare, even though those really even don't scare me that much. But uh, the movie is just feels terrifying throughout. It kind of like, you know, it, it definitely has that anticipation of like waiting for something to happen. Uh, a lot of the times in movies like this, I don't know why, but I think of Titanic like that moment when they're gonna hit the iceberg and you know they're gonna hit it but you're still kind of like uh, 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 no no yeah thinking maybe they won't hit it this time that i'm watching it and it just it always happens and you know what's going to happen to this family but the the movie just endears you to them so much that when the horror does start i think that's again i come back to the performances i seriously i think that's like the linchpin for me but not Lynchman. Um, that's like the key for me because everything that happens in any other movie we would expect to happen, but it almost is more terrifying because we actually like these people, which is why I like the setup at the beginning. And I actually think the the setup is a lot shorter than a lot of other horror movies I've seen. Um, and when they try and throw it in, at you very quickly, when there's been a lot of slow setup, I think it's a little jarring. It's one of the reasons I think the Evil Dead remake is like one of the most effective film remakes I've ever seen. That's a possession it. movie. I liked it. Ooh, yeah, um, but yeah, like um, the build, I, I keep talking about the build, but the build is very nice. Because So for example, the scene that we've been coming back to, the one where she's locked in the basement, you see the hands, blah, blah, blah. We see that happen before when she's playing with the youngest daughter while the other kids are at school and she's playing the clap game or whatever and she goes into the room and we see the hands in the closet or the wardrobe i mean come out of the clothes and clap so we 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 have seen that once before and she goes up to the thing and she's like i can hear you breathing so like just the build of stress and like um fear is very effective and i think one of the reasons why this film works so well is because it just it, it it builds throughout the whole thing until you're like everyone is screaming and she's got scissors and now she's biting off someone's cheek and the chair is levitating and like <laughs> nuts the chairs that were thrown at children in this movie like <laughs> we're the guardians <laughs> um have either of you seen the conjuring 2 yeah. i've okay. seen you- for the Trent, you have seen it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Shrey, I'll be Shrey, I'll be interested to see what you think of The Conjuring 2. It's gonna be a while because like I basically 
I found like the scariest movies I watched this month, this week, and so I'm a little traumatized because <laughs> like, first off, I did host on Shudder. I need you to watch it so we can talk about that as well. Uh, oh, didn't I, did I mention that to you or did I mention that to someone else? You mentioned it to someone else because we talked about other stuff. So like, side note for people watching, Charlie is going to be on Monday's episode, not this Monday, wow, two weeks from now the first full Monday of November for Scream. And we had a whole little side conversation then about movies we need to watch. <laughs> but Host was not on your list for me because <laughs> I, I was on the fence about it. I was like, I don't know, it looks weird. And now that I'm obsessed with it. I My costume last night was that. Um, <laughs> the creative team saw it on Twitter and it's been shared a lot. I think I have new friends or awesome. they don't know I have new friends. We'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> And so, like, we did that, and then we did, like, his house, which was just, <laughs> and then we did this, and I, I, I need, I need this cabin in the woods we have next. I need it. <laughs> you, did you watch, wait, did you watch Cabin in the Woods already? We're about to. Yeah, it's coming up tonight. After this. Like, I knew you were, I knew we were talking about it, but there's, like, time in between to watch it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Is it on I Hulu still? I, th- I, believe, I believe it was. So Cabin in the Woods was uh, one of, uh, I have a movie club that we, that's been going for, it'll be four years this December. And uh, uh, Cabin in the Woods was one of our movie club movies. And the way it ended up that was because it was someone's birthday. So they got to pick. And normally... This person was kind of new to movie club, so I, I, we hadn't really talked about this, but normally we don't do horror movies in movie club because I just, I, I want to be respectful of everyone's tolerance of horror movies. So Cabin in the Woods was a very interesting one to have happen because the people that generally don't like horror, we were telling them, it's okay, it's okay, it's going to be fine, it's going to be fine. But some people were genuinely terrified by Cabin in the Woods uh, as like a horror movie. So I always think that's an interesting conversation. I know people terrified of E.T. So like, okay, well, that's a little. When I was a kid, I was terrified of E.T. Not, not I think... it's the it's the beginning of the movie that terrified me as a kid. When it's like running through the the corn or whatever it was, I don't remember. <laughs> corn again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in terms of the. Oh my God, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, but Host. Yeah, sorry. I know it's, this is about The Conjuring, but Host impressed the hell out of me. I think Host yes. revived revived what had already been a long, tired, and dead genre of movie. If, not, if they didn't revive it, they just they did a very good take on it. I feel like it's the first time in a long time I've been excited for found footage. Um, because so often, and I was having this conversation earlier, so often it's forced... And we have to like make sure you remember these are film kids and that's why the cameras were rolling. And it's like, I don't need that. I need you to get to the movie so I can tell you if it's good or not. <laughs> if you have to give me There's, 30 minutes of I mean, backstory, what are we doing? There is also the the whole thing of it being in COVID. Like you see her put on a mask at one point when she has to go outside. Like that's, yeah. there's like co- found footage might find new life in this world of pandemic. Yes. Um, Cause stuff like webcam movies could be good. But I also rewatched Unfriended recently and that movie is not good. Like yeah. that movie is, is not scary. Um, so there's, there's definitely, I mean, I will say, I think the, the peak of found footage movies is Searching, which if you haven't seen Searching, I highly recommend. John Cho is fantastic in it. Um, 
but host was definitely impressive host was host was scary it got me a couple times yes i i I just i loved all of it because i went into it thinking it's gonna be a quick movie it's new whatever and so it was it was the first time this week i had my expectations blown because like i said as a horror movie fan i know not to get excited i know to go in with a low bar (laughs) and sometimes they won't even meet that low bar but i do it because i love the genre still and so to like have that in his house just sort of be like hi (laughs) you've earned a good movie. I mean, to be like, I did. What did I Well, I might watch that after we get off here then. I mean, I've seen Cabin in the Woods a million times. I don't really need to rewatch it, but I wanted to watch another horror movie. Yeah, so maybe I'll check enjoy that out. It's on Netflix, about an hour and 33 minutes. Um, okay. Maybe 35, worth it, worth it. Um, well, you, you, got know Smith, you got your only, I forgot her last name. <laughs> got it well i'm gonna pop up and go do that because i'm also super hungry and gonna eat my pizza you should should. so i will see you guys later see you later bye (laughs) world (laughs) (laughs) so um an interesting dynamic and i think one of the things that makes the conjuring scary is the idea that they find out later on in the film that the spirit or witch or ghost or demon or whatever it is possesses the mother to kill the child. Right. And we've seen that um, motif or that, you know, pattern happen in the past. Um, terrifying. I mean, killing. Only urban legends. Um, a tell as old as time, like <laughs> mother and the child, if you will. And so I, I, I don't know. This one was different though because I didn't just roll my eyes and go, "Not a fucking gin." I was like, "Go on." <laughs> well, and it, it, it makes me wonder because we see that this has begun, whatever this curse was, or that whatever began with a, in air quotes, witch. Um, who the father found had mur- was sacrificing the child. Was she also possessed? Or did she begin the possessions? The world may never know. <laughs> um, I mean, because, and they say that after that, she at 3.07 in the morning, climbed up a tree and hung herself and pres- uh before that, she um, professed her love for Satan. So maybe that the act of her killing herself brought the demon into the world. But it's definitely not just the ghost of this witch that is haunting this house. There is a demonic presence here. There's so many presences. Uh, there's too many presences. <laughs> I feel bad for that little boy, though. Rory? I don't want to know his story because we already had five kids in this house <laughs> plus Lorraine and Ed's kid. That was six kids too many already. And then you're going to put some little haunted kids in there too. I was like, this movie's coming for me and I don't want it. <laughs> right. When you see like, cause his mom killed him and then ended up killing herself. I mean, the, the trope of what the film is. Yeah. Um, and, but he's the one, he's kind of protecting the girls. I got that. I got that feeling. That he was like he showed her, um, like in the scene where the girl is hidden or whatever. He's like, "Come over here. This is where I usually hide." So he's showing them places where they can hide from 
their mothers or the spirit or the possession or the demon or the whatever. So I think he was a he was a, a good spirit. I need to rewatch it to have a natural thought on him, other than not another child. Um, I oh, my question, my concern, my comment. <laughs> Lorraine and Ed have been doing this for a hot minute, so they understand that like the things that they collect from all of these people they save, dangerous. Why would they put them in their own home? Was there no better way? I mean, they they say that though, right? The the reporter comes in and he's like, "Why do you keep this in your house?" And Ed is Ed says something to the effect of, "It's better to these things are better in here where I know where they are than out in the world where they could be doing whatever the fuck they want to do." I feel like because you have a child in the house, and of course she gets into it when that scene is happening there's gotta be a better way. Like, I don't know how you go about getting a grant to put haunted things into a vault somewhere, but that could have been looked into. Fair, fair points made. I don't know, I see both sides. I, I, I don't think that's completely out of the realm of like, cause he tell he, and he tells his daughter, cause remember she sneaks in when the reporter is there, he tells her, Do you, you're not supposed to come in here. You're never supposed to be in this room. Which means she has to go in it again. That's probably the sequel. <laughs> she did go in there in this movie, remember? Because when the she wakes up and she goes down, she's like, Grandma, Grandma. Um, the door is open and it's usually locked, like tight. Mm-hmm. And so, then she got Annabelle in a chair because Annabelle's in the house because they brought that busted doll to the house. Raggedy Ann doll. <laughs> keep that shit outside. Like I... What? If their daughter's still alive. I mean, surely she is. I think so. I didn't read too far into the Wikipedia article because I I wanted to know why those names were familiar. So I Googled them and then I was like, that's why they're familiar. Forget this again. Forget it again. Abort. Abort. <laughs> they are very interesting people. Um, it is interesting that um, Ed was the first and I think only non-priest that the Catholic Church gave the right to give exorcisms or like, you know, um, and that she claimed or or was clairvoyant. They're they're very interesting people. If you have, if you ever have a chance to watch the um, special effects, um, not special effects, special features on the Blu-ray, there is an interview with her about this case. I I did not want to know more about her because I, I remember hearing their names because of Amityville because it always comes up when they redo Amityville or make another sequel, which is every couple months. And so <laughs> I was like, okay, so it's those people. I didn't need to know they had other side quests um, because I'm like, where are these other side quests taking them? I don't want to know. The sequel, the sequel, I'm pretty sure, I could be wrong about this. I think the sequel is, a, is actually in the real timeline, a prequel to this. I know that they referenced the Amityville town, the city, town. Um, I know they referenced it a couple times for those of us who were paying attention. And I was like, you don't, you, I already know what I need to know because I Googled to remind myself who these people are. Don't bring that into this as well. <laughs> Let us deal with the, <laughs> the time. <laughs> you already brought Anna, Annabelle. We don't need another one. <laughs> right? Don't be having special guests from their resume. Don't do that to me. What? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, the, ooh, the Conjuring, that's terrifying. 
don't know if I can continue this one. <laughs> I might tap out here. I wanted to spend time with Annabelle, but now I don't. I <laughs> I've seen none of this. I that, I've seen none of the Conjurings, none of the Annabelles. So I thought that we were going to see this doll like possess some people or murder. No, Annabelle is nothing. Annabelle is nothing like Chucky. That's all I'm gonna say. It's nothing like Chucky. Clearly, because she's breaking out of cases in their houses and haunting their daughter. <laughs> so like she's all about <laughs> demons and devils and not about serial killers and possessed possessing dolls. No. But um, actually, well, anyways, I'm not gonna get into it because you haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's 8:58, right? Or eight, my time. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a reminder, everyone, we're doing Cabin in the Woods. Is our, is our late night um choice for this evening this is the one that got uh, more votes than any other thing we've voted on so more than alien and fright night which i mean i saw fright night not winning this trio it made me sad but i knew it was gonna happen but i thought we'd be watching alien tonight i did i did too but i am glad for this one because it's a little shorter (laughs) right and it's funnier like love sigourney but it's a serious movie and so i'm happy in both in both Spoilers, people haven't seen it. Spoilers, people haven't seen it. No when, you don't know how. You don't know anything. She's just somewhere. They go figure it out when they see the set. They go figure it out. No, they're not. Don't see. You have an Annabelle and movie for people. Trent, stop Annabelle and movie. You're going to really say something else. Okay, that's all I'm saying. She's just in it. You can find it on IMDb. Anyway. um, it's eight nine now. <laughs> I'm gonna blame it on the alcohol. Um, sorry, everyone, if that's spoiled for you. <laughs> I won't say any. Um, anyways, um, so join us at eleven o'clock Central, midnight Eastern. I don't know what it is in any other time zones, <laughs> but something like that. In two hours, two hours time, we'll be back here, possibly with Charlie, um, and with a man. Man is coming back for that one, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, those are those are people we're fairly sure we'll see again tonight. Anybody else is a surprise. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, never know. It's Halloween. It's also a blue moon and a full moon. I love blue moons. Uh, <laughs> you know, I like my kids. All right. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> see you all in two hours. Stay fierce out there, everyone. Bye. <laughs>